Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, September 14th, 2020. And today we're reading from the big book, Bill's story, page five, the fourth paragraph, I woke up, reading that one paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Naomi B., for the 12 traditions, Carmela G., Reading the text are Marge O., Barbara P., and Lisa J.R. The reference number for Sunday, September 13, 2020, is 15,344. That's 15344. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Naomi. Okay, I will now ask Carmela G. to read the 12 Traditions. Star 1, Carmela. Thank you so much. Sorry, I got muted. Okay. This is Carmela Grinnell, Carmela G., the 12 Traditions for OA. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Eight, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Overeaters Anonymous should remain non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such would never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. 12, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Carmela. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book and we're on page five, the fourth paragraph, I woke up and we'll be reading that one paragraph, and I will ask Marjo to begin reading. Star one, Marge. Good morning, thank you for this opportunity. I woke up, this had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises, but my wife happily observed that this time I meant business. 
and so I did. Boy, can I relate to this paragraph. I can't tell you how many times I started over and over and thought, this is it, this is the time. Before I came to program, I had no idea that I shouldn't try to eat this or that. All I thought was all I had to do was cut back and maybe not eat so many. I had no idea that I had the obsession of the mind as well as the allergy of the body. And I wouldn't tell a soul that I was dieting again until perhaps I lost 10 or 12 pounds and someone might notice because I didn't want anybody to know. So I never really threw the towel in until I got away and started to hear more and more about perhaps you wouldn't want to eat sugar, perhaps you wouldn't want to eat white flour. And it took a lot of years for me to actually believe that not only should I not eat those, that maybe I should do some more studying and find out that I was part of a very select group that just had to make my list realize what I couldn't have in my food plan and go ahead and follow a new food plan and do some more work, do more step work, and live a whole different life. And that's the beauty of being in this program, especially Visions, studying and finding out that I'm not alone. I'm not out of my mind. I can't control it. But I certainly can turn my day over, do my meditation, do my work, be of service, and stay close to my higher power and the people in the program and offer offer myself to give what I know and hopefully learn more a day at a time. So that I shall pass, and thank you. Okay, thank you, Marge, for getting us started. So we're on the fourth paragraph on page five. Um, I woke up reading that we only studied that one paragraph today. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on that one paragraph? Naomi B. from Boston. Naomi, Katie, Beth, Mary K. Rowena K. And Rowena K. What, what, did I hear Darian K too? I'm not sure if I heard yeah. Darian. I thought I yeah, Okay, Darian. good. Okay, so we have Naomi G. I mean, Naomi B. That's Katie okay. G. Yeah. Beth W. Darian K. Rowena K. Anybody else want to jump in there? I could take one or two more. Penny E. Penny E. Okay, we'll let you stop there. So we'll have Naomi B. followed by Katie G. Go ahead, please, Naomi. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, family. You know, it resonates with me when I when I read this paragraph. Um, I didn't cause it. I can't control it, and I certainly can't cure it. Oh, my gosh. And then I woke up. Well, it took me a while to wake up. But I can remember. I can, oh, this is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive reader outside Philadelphia. 
and I can remember at one time, like every night, this would be an every night ritual, you know, that I would say to my husband about wanting ice cream. Finally, I just finally stopped, and I said, this is it. I can't do this anymore. I have to stop this. So I said to him, no more. So he had just sat down. He just relaxed after working a hard day. And I said, oh, would you, do you mind going down to the store and getting us ice cream? He said, but you said... But you said you didn't want to eat it anymore. And I said, but I changed my mind. But I changed my mind was my mantra back then because that's what I did. I I didn't. I didn't know. All I knew was I, I just was eating myself to death and I couldn't stop it. And I didn't understand why. I had no idea. Pre-program, I had no idea about the obsession of the mind or the allergy of the body, or, or knowing that I could pray to God for help with my food consumption? How is that possible? Uh, someone as magnificent and almighty as God wouldn't be interested in me with my food? And then I woke up. I really woke up. I was introduced so beautifully to the 12 steps, to this beautiful, beautiful book. And it's like, Wow. I don't have to do I even went as far one time as saying to my husband, will you take my food if I give you my food every day? And he just looked at me like, right, yeah, that's not going to happen. Because I could talk him into buying me anything, and I did. Thank you, God, it's not the way it is today. Today I have a God that listens to me, yes, even for my food. And I work these beautiful steps as if my short hair is on fire. And I have a fellowship that is beyond, beyond my wildest dreams. Thank you for allowing me to share, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi. Okay, KDG, you're up, followed by Beth W. Hey, KDF, this is KDG, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. I mean, how many times did I mean business, you know? And how many times did other people think I meant business? That, yes, you know, this is not, this is not, uh, this is not some promise I'm going to make and then break, but I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to do it. And what I didn't understand is that the disease that has um, eaten me up, no pun intended, and swallowed me whole my whole life cannot be fought with my mind, cannot be fought with my willpower. And the problem with that is that I'm a very heavy, willpowered woman, and I have driven my life into the ground because I kept getting back into the ring with the food. Just like Bill, I was like, okay, here, here's the plan. Here's what I'm going to do. And the problem is what, you know, I think I, um, you know, I was able to get external um, success to a certain point by controlling and whatever, but the food was this, it was always this thing. It was like, even on my best day, the food was this one thing that overshadowed everything. You know, and I hear that this is a disease of, of, um, of denial, but it's not. It's so much bigger than me. The book doesn't use denial. It says delusion. I'm in false psychotic belief that I can manage my food. I can't. I have no power. I, I don't have a food of choice, right? No, no choice, no control around the food. You know, and, and one of the most profound things that I've been thinking about because it was shared with me um, is, is, is that the most insane thing I ever did wasn't the anorexia and the bulimia and the throwing up and, you know, in downtown with, uh, you know, a sunny day. It wasn't going through the trash. It wasn't, um, I mean, I, I could go on, right, because some of us have really dramatic stories. 
But the most insane thing that I ever did was in a state of entire abstinence and entire dieting, going back to the same thing that's been killing me over and over again, no matter how great the necessity or the wish. Hi. And so the most important thing I know today is that I cannot control. I cannot control the food. I cannot control the rest of my life. But hey, good news. Because there is a power greater than me that if I surrender in entire abstinence and do these steps each and every day, God's got it. I don't have to be in control. That is the good news. And with that, I pass. Oops. Okay. Thank you so much, Katie G. Okay, Beth W., you're up, followed by Darian K. Hi. Good morning, Katie. This is Beth W. from North Dakota. Thanks for hearing my name and calling on me. Um, I, I've made this promise so many times. I woke up. I was through forever. And um, I really meant it. You know, looking back, I don't think I was just lying. Um, I, I do believe that, um, in retrospect, I didn't know the truth from the false. I really, really meant to stop, to stop using food to solve my problems, to calm my fears, to salve my emotions, or to celebrate my emotions, whatever was going on. Um, and it wasn't until I was introduced to Overeaters Anonymous that I found out there was a different way. Um, because I had always meant business. Every diet I went on, I really meant it. I really wanted it. I was going to do it this time. And I didn't know that um, I had a disease, an allergy of the body and a twist of the mind that, that couldn't permit me to recover without the help of a power greater than myself. And um, surrender is uh, to that power and to the, to the steps is really um, freeing. And, uh, and uh, now that I am truly awake and I have more knowledge, um, <laughs> overeating has been ruined for me. Um, so uh, I am grateful to be on this meeting this morning and thanks and have a great day. I'll pass. Thank you, Beth. Okay, Darian Kay, you're up, followed by Rowena Kay. Hi, good morning. It's Darian Kay from the Berkshires in Massachusetts, recovered compulsive overeater. I'm very grateful to be with all of you this morning. Um, if I needed to, if I was going to write a book, the title would probably be The Dieter's Lament, and then there would just be this one basic paragraph. <laughs> um, you know, I decided to try it again and failed miserably. You know, that's all the book would be about, um, you know, each and every chapter because, um, yeah, it's, and it was only Monday. Monday was the day you didn't start dieting on Tuesday for me anyway, or Saturday, no, the weekends, uh, never, never. So Monday was the day that I got up and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick to my diet. Um, you know, and whether that was Weight Watchers, a diet workshop, or Herbalife, or AIDS candies, or <laughs> skipping breakfast, whatever, whatever way, you know, I thought in my mind, um, you know, I would stop the craziness with the food that was in my brain. I was going to, by gosh, I was going to do it. And I didn't laugh, but gosh, 
not even a day, um, I really don't have any successful dieting periods in my life because the food was just way too, way too important for me. Um, and, you know, um, I had the allergy. So whatever I was putting in my body made me crave more anyway. So, you know, I was just doomed. And, um, you know, until I found this program and I realized, you know, it's, it's just not about, you know, getting up, brushing yourself off and trying again by myself, um, that it was about the strength of a higher power on a daily basis that I need to turn to, um, to, you know, get that um, willingness and that honesty and that open-mindedness that we all need to actually stick to whatever we need to do food-wise and then working the steps and working with others because this is not just about me and it can't just be about me um you know because that that would that would be not a health a healthy way to work this program so um you know i'm just so grateful to see the reality i guess is what it comes down to that i don't have those rose colored glasses on that you know i've got the I got the 3D glasses on and I can see, you know, I can see everything and what I need to do on a daily basis. And, um, you know, with the help of this program, this beautiful meeting that um, is offered to me every day, um, I can uh, do it. I can do it because I have the power behind me. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you, Darian. Okay, Rowena Kay, you're up, followed by Penny E. Hi, my name is Rowena Kay from the United Kingdom. <clears throat> yeah, um, so where it says I woke up, um, what I know now is that I was never awake um, when I was in the disease because I thought I, I could control food um, or that at least I should be able to control food. I didn't know that I was um, completely powerless um, over food and I didn't know that I had to let go um, and that's... Um, you know, I needed to have an abstinent food plan. Um, I needed to work on the mental obsession by having a sponsor, um, going to meetings and, and doing outreach. And of course, um, the steps. Um, but for me, one of the biggest things was having humility um, to know that I belong in OA and that I really need to be here um, because I get into this um, spiritual superiority and the best... Um, the best example of that for me is, you know, in the past when I've been in the food, I have this spiritual, spiritual superiority. I think I'm better than people who are abstinent. Um, and it just makes me laugh because that is exactly what I think when I'm in the food. Um, and no matter how bad the binges got or how bad they've been, um, it never stopped me binging. And I used to think it would because, I, like everyone else, it would be the last time. But it didn't matter how bad it got, it would never actually um, prevent me. Um, in fact, it made me more determined to try and control, you know, by restricting, going on, on cabbage diets and, and all that sort of thing. Um, and I woke up this morning at 4 a.m., which is quite early for me, um, stayed awake until about 5 and had my breakfast um, at that time, which I normally do. Um, but what I realized is that um, I'm starting to add water to my porridge to, to create volume. And I know that when that behavior starts to creep in, um, that 
coincidentally there was a step 10 I hadn't looked at for quite a number of days and um, and that was probably my spiritual malady you know so you know I get warning signs I get red lights um, you know when, when things are not um, going right and um, yeah and it was so my brain tried to convince me that the, the, the size of the portion wasn't big enough, you know, that the scale was wrong. Um, and, and that really scares me as well because I, um, I added about an ounce um, to, to my, my meal of, of yogurt because it, it just it looked so small. Um, and that's the insanity in my head, you know. Um, that's the love that I tell myself um, when I'm trying to when my brain is trying to go back into the disease. So I'm really grateful um, to be here this morning and uh, just to be able to have a place where I can talk about these things. Um, yeah, so thank you so much and I'll pass. Thank you, Rowena. Okay, um, Penny E, you're up and then we'll open it up for more shares. Okay, thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. This is Penny E, recovered in South Jersey. Boy, can I identify with this. Bill did not know at this time that he had an allergy of the body. You know, he did not know that alcohol became, would cease to be a luxury. He did not know that it, it became a necessity, that his body required him to drink, that his body demanded him to drink. I'm grateful that I know that today. For how many years in this program before I studied this book did I do that I resolved myself absolutely this is it and everybody around me believed she means it this time she would have to I mean she's well over 240 pounds now she's got to mean it there is no decision and there is no resolve that is bigger than the allergy bigger than the allergy I have to understand that and uh, if I put the alcohol if I put the food into my mouth I will pick up again the the uh, the crazy thing about our disease is it may not be today. I'm, if I pick up today, I will pick up. I know that. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may be a week from now. But the uh, pattern of picking up and having the allergy, I'm putting down and having the allergy uh, have me pick up again, keeps repeating itself, keeps repeating itself, keeps repeating itself until... I surrender to the first, second, third step and, and start doing these uh, steps. So I'm just so grateful to be here today, grateful for this meeting, and I love you all. Have a blessed day. Thanks. Thank you, Penny. Okay, so if you're just joining us, we're on page five, the fourth paragraph. We read just that one paragraph, I woke up, ending with, and so I did. Um, and although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So um, who would like to share? Hi, it's Paul Lisa A. J.R. Paul I A. Lisa J.R. Fran in Massachusetts. I'm sorry. Something Fran. Fran. And... I'm Fran sorry, you really broke. Oh, Fran. Okay. Fran in Massachusetts, and then there was someone else after that? Melissa G. Oh, Melissa G. Okay. Anyone else? Okay, I have Paul, 
A, I think. I'm not sure about the initial. Yeah. Lisa J.R., Fran in Massachusetts, Melissa G. We can take a few more. Okay, well, let's go with that. Paul A., you're up, followed by Lisa J.R. Hi, good morning. May I have heard? Yes. Good morning. Hi, it's Paul A., a recovered pulsive overeater in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, yeah, what a great paragraph. Happy to be here, guys. Happy to have you here. Um, what resonates with me, especially perhaps more with the shares than the text, is um, I, too, did not know that I had an issue. Um, well, hell, I knew I had several issues. I was in therapy. And sorry, I'm walking in. It's a little chilly. I was in therapy multiple times for multiple reasons. And certainly food therapy with multiple programs. Um, they weren't connected by any means were they connected because I would get, you know, better in certain areas at certain times, but never could I sustain anything. Um, um, practice, you know, or with improved success or with improved duration uh, for any point in time. And, um, yeah, we can, I'd celebrate the new diet Monday with food, of course more than I would actually celebrate the success of Monday's diet, you know, with a, a treat of a different kind um, with my family or um, a trip or something like that. Um, and I would say that I kind of felt broken. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I went to therapy for 60, 75% of the bedevilment reasons um, because I was... I was fractured, right? And I was struggling and I was um, demeaned, right? Low self-esteem um, and violent relationship with my wife. And um, it wasn't until, I think, the three or so different therapists that I went to for couples therapy that I kept coming back to food. And my wife afraid that I was going to uh, abandon her with four kids, um, that I was going to die and leave her alone in this world with all that responsibility, and that I didn't feel that same responsibility above ground. Um, and for hell, the two or three times I first heard it, right, it was like, oh God, here we go again, right? And it was. It was back to, you know, not me, it's you. But I eventually, maybe I hit the, you know, the low bottom, but I eventually kind of connected some of it together. And I was introduced to OA twice. First time, the two youngest twins were still just too young. Life was still too chaotic and I was still too broken. But the second time, I was serious and it connected for me that I was broken in all those areas. Uh, I did have all those developments. Yes, thank you. So it all connected. It unfolded for me beautifully. And this program, this this vision meeting, really glued it together for me and got me on the right path, the right pace with the right sponsor. Thank you all so much. Very grateful. I'll pass. Okay, thank you, Paul. Okay, now we'll have Lisa J.R. followed by Fran. 
Good morning. Uh, Lisa JR here from Baltimore, Maryland. Very gratefully recovered by God's grace today. Love, you know, like everybody, I can really uh, identify with this paragraph. And um, since, you know, alcoholism is not a spectator sport or compulsive eating, our family members are involved. Um, We see Lois here is really um, observing that he means business. You know, finally, like from page 23, he's going to rouse himself from his lethargy and assert his power of will. So, you know, she has reason to hope. And back in those days, at the turn of the century, it was really common for people to have a family Bible. And um, they would write the the big ticket items like births and deaths and, and other watershed moments in a family history. And in uh, Bill's lifetime, he wrote several pledges um, in in his family Bible, um, you know, as far back as 1928, I believe, um, you know, Lois, my beloved life, wife, you know, who has endured so much, let this stand as evidence of my pledge to you that I have finished with the drink forever. And that was an important place to state that, but that didn't do any good for, for, um, for Bill, nor did my many entries into my my journals or my calendar, I'm done, I'm starting fresh, this is day one. I had a million day ones um, in my lifetime. It was, it was just a common practice for me to wake up and rouse myself from my lethargy and assert my power of will. But, you know, as was shared previously, I didn't know I had a disease and he's he's fixing to find out but uh he knows enough to know that you know he takes a drink and the drink takes a drink and the drink takes him and that was true with me and cupcakes or any other any other bakery item so i had the sweet promises many people in my family were hoping i would just quit obsessing over food um you know but it 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 really didn't do any good um so, you know, I, I finally woke up when I came into the rooms of um, Vision for You, particularly uh, Overeaters Anonymous, but particularly this meeting because I, I knew that surrender was something I never did. And thank you, God, um, I was able to, to let go and let God, uh, uh, something I used to roll my eyeballs at these, these statements. First things first, easy does it, let go and let God. You know, I thought they were ridiculous. The things of weaklings. And now I I cherish them so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, um, Fran from Massachusetts. I don't have your initial. If you could please share that. And Melissa G will be next. Fran S is in Sam. Um, okay, yeah, thank you. I think it, if you read this paragraph, I think we all know, he says, I meant business. <laughs> and then, of course, cheating, going to the next paragraph, we know that really this didn't happen until Bill had a spiritual awakening. And he really understood that he could go for a power greater than himself. And I know that that concept's been important to me because I'm a compulsive undereater. I came in as a binge eater. But I changed over the years when I left program and got into restricting and under eating. And it's the same just for anybody else who's on the line who's a restrictor or an anorexic. 
you don't even, I don't even think we need an anorexic sponsor. I think it's the same thing. It's just surrendering and turning over our will, which is why Bill was powerless when he woke up that morning, because he can't do it. He can't decide to get sober. And the other thing is, one thing that does help me is if I say I don't, when I first came in and I was an overeater, we used to use this mantra, I don't eat no matter what, meaning I don't binge no matter what, I don't eat off my food plan no matter what. And for me, it just reminds me, I don't deviate from what someone tells me no matter what. And a lot of people talk about spiritual awakening and spiritual life, but even Bill, once he got sober, he suffered from depression and he was unfaithful to his wife all the years up until almost the end. Um, he talked to Father Bill, who was an Episcopal priest, um, and they, he suffered over it a lot. He wondered if his depression was connected to his constantly being unfaithful to Lois, who he said was like a mother to him. Um, so I heard this on a tape from Father Bill, who was talking about Bill's sober life after he came into, if, after he created AA and became sober. So I think for me, it just remembers I try to work the steps. The steps enlarge my spiritual life. They make me feel better. They improve my life. Vision has taught me a way to work the steps that I'm still in the process of. That is just invaluable. That no other group really works on to this extent. But I still have to remember, no matter how I behave, I'm a compulsive eater. Decisions about food, weight, exercise are not to be trusted. And a lot of times decisions about life are not to be trusted. And if I turn to my higher power, which isn't Bill's higher power or anybody else's higher power, I can perhaps have the pause and the quiet to know how to act best. And I won't always make the right decisions in life. But there is one right decision I can make, which is that I don't listen to myself when it comes to food. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Fran. Okay, Melissa G., you're up, and then we'll open it up for a few more. Thank you. Um, hey, this is Melissa G. from Michigan. <clears throat> so this, these two paragraphs really struck home with me, of course, because of the whole constant relapsing right now. Um, and I, it stuck with me because, you know, recently I had lost a significant amount of weight and I could see my family like starting to trust like, okay, mom's, mom's better. She's not going to be this, you know, up and down and um, her mood's going to be stable. And I was for a bit as I was working through the steps and the program. And then recently um, following my relapse, you know, very quickly, my depression spiraled, my uh, mood was up and down, I would get angry if they wouldn't eat with me, I'd get angry if they did eat with me, and yesterday as I was stuffing my face, um, because, you know, Monday, I heard it, you know, Monday, I'm going to change everything, and it's going to be the day that life comes together, um, my son said to me, you know, so mom, I know I haven't said anything in a while, but I'm just wondering, you know, are you going to get back on your eating program? Are you going to get back to where you were? And I said, yep, tomorrow is going to be the day. I'm going to do it, I promise. And he says, I just don't want to see you lose all the hard work you put into it. And that touched my heart in a way that only, you know, your firstborn child can. And um, I want this program. I want to be able to do it. And I just... I feel it's such a loss because 
I was talking to another person in the program, and she said to me, maybe you're just not ready, and this was last week, and I use that as an excuse to do all the eating. You're right, I'm not ready. I'm just a loser, and I'm going to do whatever I want to do because I'm just not worth recovery. And I want this program so bad, and I'm just, I'm praying that, you know, I know Monday is such a cliche, but maybe today is my day to just get the steps into my heart and into my soul and not just my brain because that's how I was doing it before. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, so if you just joined us, we're on page five, the fourth paragraph that starts with I woke up and ends with and so I did and we read that one paragraph although we value your experience we ask you limit your shares to every third day um, so we have time for three or four more who would like to share Shandel S Shandel S M Christina M This is Larry K. Larry K. You take one more, even two. Okay, go ahead, please, Shandel S, followed by Christina M, and then we'll have Larry K. Hi, Shandle S. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Hi, I'm Shandle S., uh, recovered compulsive overeater from New York. Um, wow, so many powerful shares. I'm so grateful for the big book and the lessons that it's teaching me about my disease. Um, I, too, spent so many times saying that today's the day that I'm going to, I mean, actually, tomorrow's the day that I'm going to really stop. And I really felt it with all my being that I cannot do this anymore. I cannot, I just, the, the food is just controlling me and the amounts that I have to eat and how I feel afterwards, how I just totally physically collapse. And I know, and it got like where I was trying to control it, where I was just like, okay, I know that sugar makes me fall asleep right away. So I'm not going to get ice cream and chocolate and things like that. I'll just do um, like chips and other snack foods that won't make me get tired so fast. They'll make me get tired slowly. And I would just be like a zombie all day, like trying to pick the foods that won't make me so, so tired and, um, and zone out. And then I would get so moody afterwards. And it was just this roller coaster over and over again. And then promising myself the next day I won't do it again. And then just make it through breakfast many times. And then the feelings would come up and I would just be so overwhelmed by them and not feel like I could cope and just have to make them go away. And I would just start the whole process again. And um, what I really needed and what, I, what I've learned so much from this line is, is that I really needed a spiritual solution. But I just kept going back to the food for the solution and it got me nowhere. It just brought me tons of misery and tons of weight. And it disconnected me from all the people in my life and for being the person I was meant to be. So I'm really grateful for this program and for all of you on the line. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, now we'll have Christina M. followed by Larry Kay. 
Hi, I'm Christine M. from Ridge, New York. Um, I'm relatively uh, new to program, and I say new, I've been in since May. Um, this paragraph, uh, my program is still evolving, and I woke up um, each day that I wake up, and I'm in the big book, and I'm making a connection with God. Uh, I had a problem with that, and somebody, um, beautiful guidance from these rooms, you know, uh, and from Bill, and um, good orderly direction. That's my God. I pray to Spirit of my universe. And as I've read this paragraph before, um, I made a note about waking up uh, to follow God's wisdom. Uh, observation of my fellows here and the new family that I'm forming. I'm getting very emotional. <laughs> the kindness and the evolving spiritual promises. And I've, ha I've been discontent the last two months and something was really bothering me. And I was trying to find guidance. And um, I have love for everybody I meet here. And something wasn't sitting right. And I prayed on it, and I said, just sat and visualized the spirit of my universe, and I practiced, woke, you know, woke up. Please give me wisdom. Let me observe your teaching, and let me sit for the day and let go of my will with the food and with what I think is right and follow that set-aside prayer. And um, it is truly, truly becoming part of my practice every day. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this big book and I'm thankful for this fellowship. And I um, reached out and this program and the beautiful people in it helped. And God, that's, that's my God, um, to follow that good orderly direction and ask for the wisdom and the peace and the hope of this program. Uh, and that I pass. Thank you, Christina. Okay, Larry, you're up. And then we'll have time well, for thanks. a couple more. Thanks, Katie. Um, Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Reader. Um, thanks for all the, the beautiful shares this morning. Yeah, sweet promises we can't keep, right? It reminds me, have you ever been in a relationship with an emotionally unavailable person? Doesn't, doesn't work too well, right? Well, guess what? God is attracted to unavailable, commitment-phobic people like you and me. My creator is, is, is attracted and will do anything, will meet me halfway to a, a commitment-phobic, un emotionally unavailable person who doesn't, ha who doesn't terribly trust God and I have good reason not to, and Bill had good reason not to, and you have good reason not to. You have a personal narrative, you know, that might be different than mine, but it's, it's full of pain and trauma and all sorts of things. And, you know, what we learn by implementation of these steps is that for a relationship to work, a connection must go both ways. It has to go both ways. And even if at times I felt an intuitive bond that felt authentic with God, of course, those sweet promises, you know, that it wasn't sustainable. 
I had this spiritual malady. I didn't have access, sustainable access to power. And that relationship with God remained unrealized. And just because I thought God, thought God was, you know, my soulmate, if you will, to use the term, you know, um, at a certain time, oh, then it didn't mean that, that God was right for me today because perhaps God can't reciprocate, you know, and it was frustrating for me. But through the implementation of these steps, I don't have to write sweet promises to God anymore. I'm an imperfect man. I will always be an imperfect man. But I am able in a sustainable fashion to, uh, to connect with the God of my understanding. And God is attracted to people like you and me, the broken, through brokenness, through brokenness, through my, through my, 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 my internal self that was, that was broken and torn asunder. You know, God continues to say, no, I, I, I am here. I'm not a moving target. You may be, but I'm not. You can trust and rely upon me. How am I going to trust and rely upon God? The same way Bill did, through the trust in, the, the trust in this process and the implementation of these steps, taking action. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, we have time for two more shares if you'd like to jump in here today. We're on page five, the fourth paragraph. I woke up. Daddy. What? Do you know where the thing is? So, like, you put There's someone talking to a child that's unmuted. Hi, this is Mary Ann V. Okay, Mary Ann V. Anyone else? Royce B. Royce B. Okay. Okay, go ahead, Marianne B. Thank you. Followed by Royce B. It's Marianne V. from upstate New York, and uh, this is a great paragraph for me. What came to my mind as people were sharing and we read was um, the delusion that we are like other people must be smashed. And um, it took me many, many years to to get to that point. I came in, uh, it'll be 41 years ago uh, next month when I was 23. And I came in and out, and I had periods of abstinence, periods of non-abstinence, and, um, you know, lived a nightmare in many ways and got all the problems that uh, compulsive overeaters who are morbidly obese get, pretty much all of them. And so um, that delusion took years to smash, and I went as far as going to a month-long rehab once that was not 12-step based, even though I had had three years of abstinence in OA prior to that and knew that I needed a 12-step program. And every time I did this, you know, my loved ones got their hopes up, just like it says. Oh, this time she means business. She went away for a whole month, and when I came back, I was, you know, exercising and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, so exercise is not a bad thing, but I need my higher power. I need the 12 steps. And my higher power loves me so much that um, sometimes... My higher power steps in and, you know, shakes me up a little bit or makes me laugh. And um, I have a, an issue with addicted to political commentary. And I turned it on this morning, started shouting at the TV, and at that moment my cat jumped on my electronic keyboard, turned it on, and the keyboard started playing loud classical music. And I was like, okay, God, I get it. And God sometimes helps me that way, just gives me these messages like, Marianne, what are you doing with food, with everything, when I'm unmanageable? And I'm so grateful that I um, 
have stuff with this this time, and I have abstinence and not always peace of mind. I'm not always manageable, but um, I'm so grateful for this recovery and for that delusion being smashed, at least for today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, now we'll have Royce B. She'll be our last share today. Star one to unmute, Royce. I thought it was Royce. Maybe I got that wrong. Hi, this is Royce Ann B. from New Orleans. Um, And this paragraph resonated with me so much because I'm almost 50 and I can remember around the age of 12 being so caught up in the hamster wheel of I'm going to do it this time, I'm going to do it this time. And then I remember telling my parents one time, I'm really good at this. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to lose so much weight. And it went on and on for the last 38 years of just chaos and madness of um, trying to fix all of my problems by becoming thin. And at the time, I wasn't even very overweight. I mean, I was exactly actually what I weigh right now today at almost 50. Um, but I thought I had this serious problem. And um, I, every, I, I felt like every problem in the world that I had would, would be solved if I could just get thin, if I could just get skinny. And um, it's only through my wonderful sponsor and this incredible program um, that I've learned to let God's light shine into me. And when I'm, I'm having moments of relapse, or, or I'm sorry, not relapse, but food thoughts, just to let my higher power in and let him fill that, that hole. Um, it's funny because the answer was here all this time, all my life, and I, I just... I was blocking it, I guess. I went to church. I did all those things. But but really listening to God's answers for me in my life um, has been so incredibly powerful and amazing. And it's answered all of the problems that have indecisions with, with children and parenting decisions and health care decisions with my family. Um, God speaks to me in the morning after I meditate. So... Uh, anyway, I'm just so incredibly grateful. Thank you for your service, and I hope everyone has a great day. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, September 14th, 7 a.m. meeting, is 15,347. That's one, five, three, four, seven. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara P. please read a vision for you? Good morning, Barbara P., recovered compulsive reader in Atlanta, Georgia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit 
and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.